Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What do you say we get this party started, huh? Well, I'm going to start it whether you want to or not. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you in the Indiana Outdoor Studio mid-summer. And it is just, I've just heard so many great things about our state parks, properties, people getting outdoors, fishing, canoeing, kayaking, lakes. It's just a great time to be outdoors if and around, if you can get in and around the uh, pop-up showers and storms that happen seemingly every day. But uh, that being said, we have got a great show today. And it turns out that we're going to visit with all the three names, uh, the three lettered, three initialed organizations. We're going to visit starting here very shortly with our friends at the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Board Chair Rick Cockrum is going to join us. They've done such great work and a lot of issues here in Indiana and nationally. So we're going to find out what they are up to. Evan Husenfeld, who is the executive director of the Sportsman's Alliance over in Ohio, advocating for sportsmen and women across the country and they've been busier than ever they need your help it's a member organization i've said this a long time you need to be a part of some organization no better one than the sportsman's alliance we're going to be with the ed here shortly and the natural resources foundation the nonprofit for our department of natural resources we've got the indiana state fair coming up big landmarks with the million tree initiative so much so soon it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host don't go anywhere indiana wildlife federation when we return. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great day. It's so good to be with you. Great to be here in the Indiana Outdoor Studios mid-July. Did anybody see the Northern Lights this week? I don't know. They were supposed to happen. I didn't see them. I don't think they happened. I don't ever get too excited because that stuff never happens. Always the good stuff, Mrs. Indiana. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And thank those stations that carry us all over the state of Indiana. It's great to visit with some of those who we haven't heard from in a bit. And one of those being our good friends at the Indiana Wildlife Federation, Rick Cockrum, board chair and longtime friend of Indiana Outdoors and me, joins me now. It's great to visit with you. And you've always got a great fishing trip or 10 that you've been on. What have you been doing this summer? Fishing a little bit. Uh but uh, just got back from Lake Tahoe at the National Wildlife Federation, was out there uh, voting on policy positions at the national level. But we're really uh, in full swing here uh, with the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Got a lot going on there. Be happy to share that with you. 
if you've got a few minutes. Oh, I've always got a few minutes for you, and that's why we're calling. Um, of course, you got a new executive director that I know is just a gift and a blessing for the folks in Indiana and the Wildlife Federation. But in addition to that, what else you have? Well, uh, to follow up on that, we're approaching the first anniversary of bringing Dan Borat on board. Uh, Dan uh, came to us from the uh, Indianapolis Parks Department. He was running one of their premier parks, a holiday park here on the river. And uh, prior to that, he had uh, worked at the Indianapolis Zoo. He's uh, got a degree in science. He's done wildlife research all over the world. He was a curator at the Smithsonian Zoo in Washington, D.C. So we've got somebody with the science background and the public policy background, and he's just really, really been uh, hitting the ground running for us over the last few months and just moving the ball forward. Uh, We've continued to build out a really strong board of directors with the Indiana Wildlife Federation. I recommend if anybody wants to check that out, go to indianawildlife.org and see some of the people. We've got hunters, anglers, hikers, paddlers, the common denominator of everybody is they love indiana outdoors and and public access to outdoor areas and 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 what have you so uh we we had a great legislative session in the budget we were very supportive of the governor's efforts to put more money into dnr properties uh put more money into trails and we worked closely with a lot of legislators to in the governor's office and dnr to move that ball forward and and pretty happy with that. Uh, speaking of trails, uh, we dedicated a trail over at Goose Pond, and I invite anybody that's not been over to that property in the west-central part of the state. It's thousands of acres of wetlands that's got just a great uh, habitat to, to bird watch, and I know they do hunting draws and such over there. We built a handicap access trail over there with a small grant. Uh, we're building a trail and in Nature Conservancy area down in the Southern Johnson County. We've got a grant to do that. It's uh, Bentley Woods in Southern Johnson County. So those are some local projects and state issues going on. We've also involved in some stuff at the uh, federal level as well, Brian. You know, here we jumped right into it. We're visiting with Rick Cockrum who is the board chair for the Indiana Wildlife Federation, advocating always for sportsmen and women, and you've highlighted a couple of your successes, but maybe we should just take one step back and tell people that may not be familiar around the state of Indiana with what the IWF actually is and does. Well, we're, we're, we're uh, a federation, if you will. Uh, our history goes way back uh, to the 30s. We were one of the first conservancy groups in, in the country, conservation groups, and it was originally a federation of all of the county uh, fishing, hunting, and gun clubs. And in fact, the National Wildlife Federation was modeled after Indiana. Uh, so we've transformed over years from being kind of a county-wide uh, hunt and fish club federation into more of a membership-based. And and membership's very affordable. If you want to go back to that website I mentioned, IndianaWildlife.org, you can become a member as little as thirty-five dollars a month and help us help us protect Indiana outdoors and and ask access to public lands and, and such. Uh, but uh, currently we've, uh, like I said, we've got a really strong board and we're very involved in public policy issues. Uh, one that's not on everybody's radar, for example, is we've 
we've heard from a lot of anglers about a netting issue in the state, and there are some immigrant populations that are that are netting some of our creeks and rivers uh, with casting nets and even uh, gill nets. And it is legal to net bait fish as long as you don't transport them. But uh, uh, there's a lot of harvesting going on, and there's a lot of complaints and concerns about that. So we're working with DNR on how to better educate those populations and how to better enforce current law and perhaps even look at changing some rules to to crack down on that so everybody's uh, enjoying the resource but still protecting uh, the sustainability of the resource. Boy, I tell you what, that issue alone is one reason that I've always advocated this is our 24th year of Indiana Outdoors. People who... You, you said this earlier. We all have a common interest. I don't know anybody that says, boy, I hate the outdoors. I hate Indiana wildlife. I hate recreating in the outdoors, whether it's state parks or it's hiking or trails or mountain biking, whatever. Everybody has that common interest. That is a perfect example of advocacy that you and many other organizations, concerned citizens who have come forward to protect a resource that truly in the Midwest is a destination point. Um, all of these creeks and other things, but this is something as things change, societies change, populations change, cultures get integrated. There are some things that we need to do to make sure that rules are followed and the advocacy of groups like the Indiana Wildlife Federation, a member organization, as I have said, join a member organization. I don't care if it's the deer, the duck, the turkeys, the elks, whatever. They all have these organizations out there like the IWF who are working very hard to make sure that things stay and are protected according to the law. And this issue is one that has brought a whole diverse group of concerned citizens and groups together working for the good, because as you said, there are some subtleties in this law that may have been misinterpreted uh, or maybe even uh, exaggerated or tried to do some things to skirt. And we need to protect our resources in these in these streams, especially from over harvesting, because it's taken so long to get, especially places like Sugar Creek, to be such a Midwest, or even a national destination for smallmouth and other species. Correct? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and you touched on all the points. This is this is an enforcement issue. It's an education issue. It's a cultural issue. Uh, we're working with the Department of Natural Resources, for example, on on uh, brochures and multiple languages. Uh, uh, better explaining the law. Uh, they're including bulletin information from the State Board of Health on what species are safe to eat and how often it's safe to eat due, due to the uh, 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 pollutants in our streams. And so it's a multi-pronged ap- approach. And we've talked to cat fishermen, uh, bass fishermen, uh, uh, guides on these rivers you're exactly right uh, i know some uh, several of them and they get customers from all over the midwest if not further that come in and our smallmouth streams are doing well as as are some of our uh, uh, lakes and impoundments with uh, with largemouth and other species so so it's just a constant uh, education uh and enforcement and and other issues just to make sure everybody plays by the same rules well, we're visiting with uh, Rick Cochran, board chair for the Indiana Wildlife Federation, and you talked about Goose Pond. 
Man, I remember when we started Indiana Outdoors, gosh, a long time ago, Goose Pond was thought to be a pipe dream, and here it is now, a couple of decades later, one of the, literally, it changed a flyway, it has brought species of migrating birds to Indiana that we had not seen, it's 6,000 plus acres of just pristine wetlands and very diverse uh, landscape for hunting, bird watching, and recreation. And uh, I'm so pleased to hear that you worked with a lot of folks, I'm sure, to make a handicap accessible trail. Tell us more about that. Well, we've got a, we, uh, we've got a small grant. It's just a little half-mile loop, but it's on the high ground. Uh, and uh, it's, it's so uh, people that aren't as mobile as the rest of society and enjoy that amazing property as you've said there's there's uh, uh viewpoints from there where you can find in the spring just tens of thousands of migratory birds heading north and it's just a, a phenomenal uh property and we wanted to be able to uh to share that with as many people as as possible and so we applied to for a grant to to make a, a, a short loop trail uh, handicap accessible so people with mobility issues could enjoy it as well. I know that up at the dunes, for example, one of the great state parks right next to our national park, they've put in a handicap trail so people on wheelchairs can get out on the sand uh, and some pretty cool technology up there and enjoy like everybody, which just makes me happy to hear. Real quickly, I know that you work very closely with other states and, of course, on national groups. What are some of the things in Washington, D.C.? We've been hearing rumblings quite a bit of different, pretty substantial things, but what's the culture, what's the flavor of the day out in Washington, D.C.? What are you worried about? Well, the, the, the issues that have our attention right now uh, are the uh, it's a federal farm bill which gets renewed every five years I believe uh, we're working with the Indiana congressional delegation it surprises uh, a lot of people that aren't into the weeds uh, like you and I have been over the years there's a lot of money in the farm bill for conservation conservation efforts uh, 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 farm land management uh, everybody knows we get a lot of runoff of nutrients and uh, sediment and pollutants and and so we're trying to make sure that there's money in in that farm bill to keep our waters clean to get them cleaner uh, to provide incentives for the farm community to do filter strips and other things to protect our waterways Uh, there's also a reintroduction of what's called uh, restoring america's wildlife act yes we've been hearing a lot about that yeah, that's got several million dollars for Indiana. I believe it's about fifteen million come back to the Department of Natural Resources for property improvements, uh, land acquisition, and such. And and so it's one of those deals. You know, every dollar helps uh, keep that department flush and and keep uh, the wonderful work that they do, um, making it available for all of the outdoor people in Indiana. Uh, so that, those are the two uh, big issues. That made it out of one of the the chambers, but where is this? What is the status of that? Because that's a generational piece of legisl- uh, legislation for sure. Uh, the 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 last one, the uh, Re- Wildlife Act. Yes, that's reintroduced. It was um, it was on the to do list at the end of the last Congress, uh, and as you know, and the public may not is uh, at, toward the end of the session they get into heavy negotiations. And that one just did not make the cut. 
uh, it had actually gone through both houses and was eligible to be part of the final package and uh, just it just didn't survive uh, the final negotiations. But everybody was uh, enthused by the momentum and it was refiled this year and try to make it uh, a reality this year to get to get that money restored to help our wildlife management in the state. Good deal. Great, great update. I know you've uh, spent a lot of time out on the water. Where have you been lately and uh, spend some time down in Florida? Where are you going to find yourself floating? Well, I, uh, I was on the Tippecanoe River yesterday. That's an amazing fishery. Had a nice smallmouth day with a fly rod. Uh, live on the White River, so I still have access to it. I'm going to fish the Keys uh, in, a, in uh, early August. Uh, hopefully maybe find some tarpon or some snook in the back country might be heading to Mexico in September for some bonefish, uh, permit. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy our state, but I get out of it once in a while. You know what? You got to do that because there's beautiful places and I love our Indiana outdoors for sure. But Man, there's nothing better than getting down in the back country in the backwaters of Florida, and I know you've become a master at that. Plus, we've got some great destinations here. Rick, as always, yep. great update on the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Real quick, one more time, the website so people can understand how to get involved and, um, and donate. Uh, uh, on, on, the, on the way out the door, I'll leave it behind. Uh, we're doing, a, we're doing a, a sporting clay shoot on August 24th out at the Indiana Gun Club uh, to raise money for Wildlife Federation. Uh, our annual conference is coming up on February 4th of next year out at Fort Harrison. Last year, we f- featured uh, uh, wetlands. This year, we're going to fe- uh, do a feature about our rivers. Uh, it's indianawildlife.org. Uh, can be find us on the, on the web there and uh, check us out and see awesome. what we got to offer and click on the membership box if you can. Always great to visit with you, my friend. Best of luck to you and all those at the IWF. Thanks for being with us. All right. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. On the longevity of your program. (laughs) Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on the air for as long as we have. It's a labor of love. Talk to you soon. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. What a great way to kick things off. One of the great guys in the outdoor world. We're going to be back right after this. So great to visit with you. It's great to be here in the Indiana Outdoor Studios. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Many thanks to Rick Cockrum, board chair for the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Great guy, great friend of Indiana outdoors and conservation. Great way to kick off our show. We're just going to go with all the heavyweights today, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. I love supporting our organizations that are doing great work like the IWF, as well as the Sportsman's Alliance. Joining me now is Evan Husenfeld, who is the Executive Director of the U- of the Sportsman's Alliance, uh, based in our neighbor state of Ohio, doing great work across this country. Evan, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. How you been? Great, great. I appreciate you having me. Things have been, been well. Well, it's always good to visit with you, and I, I'm just always in awe, and I've said this like I told Rick earlier, 
I have advocated for people to be a part of a member organization of some sort. If you call yourself in any way uh, an enthusiast of the outdoors, find some organization that is out there so you can stay informed and know better than the Sportsman's Alliance uh, fighting the bad guys, so to speak, all over the country and keeping our rights uh, in, in front and center. And I'm stunned at how the work that you guys do. So... I always hate to ask this open-ended question, but what are you working on? <laughs> oh, well, I guess the, the easy answer is what aren't we working on these days? It's actually a, it's a great time of year to be talking. You know, we're wrapping up. Uh, most of the legislative sessions for around the country are wrapping up right now uh, or have been over the last three or four weeks here. So we're starting to see a lot of the, you know, the state-level policy stuff wind down for the year. There's a... I don't know, a dozen or dozen and a half states that have perpetual sessions that run run throughout the fall as well. Uh, but by and large, most of the state legislative stuff is running down. It's been a uh, it's been a whirlwind of a year. Uh, I think from a broad perspective, there's been quite a bit more firearms related uh, uh, legislative issues this year than than we've seen in recent years. And that's largely because of the Bruin decision at the Supreme Court here over the last year or two. Uh, where you have these states now trying to react to that and come back with uh, ways to uh, attack the Second Amendment. And, and frankly, in, in doing so, they're, they're finding ways to, to wrap in hunting and hunting firearms and, and sportsmen and women into the mix of, of just pure Second Amendment stuff. Um, and so we're seeing a lot more volume of firearms-related legislation. Now, not a ton of it is getting passed, um, you know, it's really dependent upon the states these days. If you're in a pretty firearm-friendly state, then that stuff's getting no traction. If you're in a, you know, a firearm-unfriendly state, then that stuff's getting a lot of traction. Uh, but I think in terms of just a broad perspective, we're seeing a lot more of that this year uh, than we had the last two or three or four years uh, preceding that. But, yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of it is just, hey, we're wrapping up the, the, the spring sessions here, kind of hit a reset, see what, what, the, what the fall will hold. Uh, but it's it's been as busy of a year as as we can remember in terms of the number of alerts, the number of states. Um, you know, we're talking two, three, four hundred different uh, issues we've had to alert on this year. Unfortunately, well, here we jumped right into it, Evan, and I didn't give you an opportunity to kind of set the table. But for those that may not be familiar, we have some new affiliates here in the state of Indiana. What is the Sportsman's Alliance? Sportsman's Alliance is a is a pair of nonprofit organizations. We operate a 501c3 and a 501c4. Uh, long story short, it allows us to do both legislative work, uh, lobbying, uh, ballot issue work uh, on the advocacy side and on the, on the foundation side. It allows us to engage in litigation, uh, research, and other educational programs. Uh, again, all around the idea of protecting and defending the American sportsmen um, and, and our way of life, our hunting heritage, uh, hunting, fishing, and trapping are our primary concerns. Uh, obviously, uh, we are in business to protect the scientific uh, wildlife management that is the North American model, uh, but specifically uh, protecting the, the recreational activities that fund that model. And so you look at hunting, fishing, and trapping, you know, there's not a ton of anti-fishing stuff. We're seeing some of it on the uh, on the, the attacks on lead these days, um, but really primarily hunting and trapping are our big uh, are the big two things we look out for. Um, and so we do legislative campaigns, we do ballot issue campaigns, and and uh, certainly a lot of litigation as it relates to uh, hunting rights and hunting policy. I couldn't have said it any better. And as the executive director, you have so many things on your plate. And we always appreciate your updates. And every time I get an update from you guys. 
I, I say this because here we are in Indiana. Yes, we're a pro-gun Second Amendment state for sure. Uh, we have our battles, but these issues that oftentimes appear in the Mountain West states or in California, I don't know why, but oh yes, I do know why, or the East Coast, they eventually have impact. And a lot of the stuff that you deal with may seem innocuous at the start, but they have a lot deeper roots that will eventually cause problems here. So that's why we pay attention to the things uh, in other parts of the country, because eventually they're going to affect us here. And your membership-based advocacy on behalf of all sportsmen is so valuable, and the successes are, are innumerable, and we can't thank you enough for all the work that you do. But uh, I'm glad to hear that we're not talking about bears or we're not talking about wolves or other things. I know that's still on your plate. Yeah, well, so two thoughts there. I'll come back to wolves in just a second. The the idea that you hit on there with where where, where you got to fight the fires where the fires are is is really key to what we're doing these days. And and frankly, there's a, a very good example of that that is you know creeping its way towards your doorstep. Um, you know, you look at uh, two years ago, California passed a bill to effectively prohibit the marketing of firearms to minors and you know on the surface you know however you you, know, you, you want to react to that is fine but what it did in, in, in practical application was banned all hunter education it banned all uh, you know outreach to youth and all the R3 stuff that's going on around the country um, and so we've sued the state of California along with the NRA and um, you know some of our other partners to try to stop that law because if you if you can stop you know, it stops our curriculum. We have, an, we have a high school uh, science curriculum that is designed to teach kids about the North American model and, and the recreational activities that fund it. You know, so sports shooting, um, you know, target shooting, how firearms funds, conservation efforts, all of those things. Well, all of that could be easily classified under the way they wrote this bill as marketing firearms to minors and would be illegal. And not only is it illegal, it's a $25,000 fine for every instance of that. Um, and so the, the thing is just way, way, way out of control. And what we've seen is that has now spread. Now there's a bill uh, that just got passed in Illinois to do the very same thing. Now, it's, the Illinois bill is much more tailored directly to pure advertising uh, than the California bill was. But in the course of 12 months, it's, it's jumped all the way from California to right to your uh, western yeah. doorstep there. Uh, so these things certainly can spread like wildfire. Um, to your second comment on wolves, I wish I wish we were done talking about wolves. Yeah, so I bet this you is do. not an issue that certainly affects very many people in Indiana, but certainly to your neighbors to the north, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, are overrun with wolves right now. And so we just recently petitioned the Fish and Wildlife Service to give them a pathway, basically, to once and for all delist wolves in the Western Great Lakes states. Um, and so uh, that's something we just actively did about uh, two or three weeks ago. So we submitted a pair of petitions to them, asking them to delist wolves in Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, get them off the endangered species list, uh, return them to state management. They're four or five times past the recovery goal that were put in place when they were put on the list. Uh, the time is right. The populations are, are, are not only growing and thriving, they're, they're steady. You know, these, these populations have, have reached carrying capacity in much uh, of those states, if not all of those states. Um, and so the time is right. The time is appropriate to return these uh, species to state management right. um, and, and get back to actively managing uh, wolves in those, in those states. Evan, always great to visit with you and the great men and women that you work with around the country to protect us. Uh, Sportsman's Alliance, check them out. And thank you, as always, for being a part of Indiana Outdoors and the great work that you do. 
Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. What a great guy, great group, great organization. Appreciate their contributions. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. I'm your host. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. So great to have you be a part of us here mid-July. All kinds of fun activities today. For whatever reason, we're talking to all the three-lettered organizations that are out there advocating for you. And another one of those is the NRF, Natural Resources Foundation here in the state. Ethan joins us. Great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors and back here with all those around the state of Indiana. Tell us about the NRF for those who may not be familiar. And before we start, how you been? What have you been doing this summer? Yeah, well, thanks for having us on, Brian. I always appreciate you know, spending some time on the show. Um, so, the Indiana Natural Resources Foundation, uh, we're the official nonprofit for the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. So um, what that means is that you know, we raise funds and uh, support Indiana DNR projects and programs um, through those fundraising efforts. So those can include outdoor education initiatives, um, conservation projects like habitat management, tree plantings, and uh, you know, land acquisition opportunities to try to help DNR you know, expand our, our great public lands here in Indiana. And so yeah, this summer we've had some exciting things already. We had, um, you know, one of those outdoor education initiatives, Discover the Outdoors field trip grant, which we offer in partnership with Indiana State Parks. Um, had a lot of good field trips over this past school year, and including one where we tagged along uh, down in Spring Mill State Park and uh, had a lot of fun, you know, watching some uh, high school students really enjoy the outdoors and, and learn about conservation here, in, here in Indiana. Let, let's pause on that because I think that's such a great program. A lot of kids have an opportunity to go to state parks, state properties, other places, but there's an expense to that. And teachers are always looking for an opportunity to increase their their resources. Explain this program a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So the Discover the Outdoors program, as I mentioned, uh, is offered in partnership with the Nina State Parks. And, you know, uh, each year uh, from the beginning of May to the end of June, um, educators around the state can apply for, for a grant through the Natural Resources Foundation. Um, and so that grant up to $250 helps, you know, get these students out to state parks for a day and, and work with the naturalist on the property to, you know, learn about conservation and learn about the environment. And, you know, often they stay close to their school. So they're learning about that local, you know, habitat and, and wildlife and things like that that are right there. So um, that, that program has had more than 17,000 students uh, have gone through it now and, and learned about Indiana's, Indiana's outdoors. And, you know, we really want to just keep keep pushing forward and giving giving that adventure to, you know, every Hoosier student that we can. If you think about it, I know many teachers, and I've talked to several of them about this, it would seem very simple. Well, why can't they just take kids to the state parks or properties or wherever? And these grants, you know, you got to get you got to get transportation and the 250 bucks underwrites bus transportation. It goes a long way when you can go to a principal of a school and have a plan put in place and it doesn't cost much money. That's a that's a win-win for everybody and I'm glad to hear it's so many students approaching 20,000. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, a a fun journey and you know, we just want to keep keep moving forward with that program. Well, we've also been talking lately about something that's received mainstream press, which I always like, and that is we're approaching the governor's initiative for trees planted explain kind of where we're at and what that's all about. Cause we've talked to you about this quite a bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. The tree planting uh, initiative from Governor Holcomb to plant one million trees in, in five years. And yeah, we reach, recently reached a milestone of uh, 964,000 trees. So, yeah, as you mentioned, getting pretty close that million mark um you know and that and, wasn't uh, supposed after, to be hit until 2025 that was the goal so congratulations yeah and you know uh, at the natural resources foundation we're, we're really proud to to play a part in that and uh, we do that through our indiana tree project and um you know you can donate to the tree project on our website and uh we also have a lot of dedicated partners so for example uh earlier this year around earth day we went out to green sullivan state forest with cliff bar and um, that was Cliff Bar's fifth tree planting they've done with us. And, you know, so they have helped put in over 20,000 trees into the ground. So, you know, it's really not possible for us to, to continue supporting the Indian Tree Project without those dedicated partners. And, and of course, the, you know, the endless work that the Division of Forestry does to, to grow Indiana's forests. We're visiting with Ethan Foster from the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Always great to get an update from you. What else is coming up for the rest of the summer and into the fall? You always have great projects, and people are still asking me, why do you, why do we need a nonprofit? And you've already explained all the work that you guys do outside of uh, what our Department of Natural Resources does. So you have a great lineup of other opportunities. What can people look forward to, and how do they get involved? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, so we've got some exciting things coming up. We've uh, got the state fair, uh, of course, and you know, it's always people always enjoy visiting. Gosh, that's the, hard to believe. The that's two building. weeks. That's almost two weeks away. Yep. Yeah. Times fly, and then uh, you know, so everybody loves enjoying the DNR building, and they're always having you know great project or great programs and exhibits and things, and the fishing pond and all that. But also within the building, we'll have a Natural Resources Foundation uh, poster, a pretty large poster you can look for. And um, if you enter the drawing that that poster advertises, you'll have a chance to win a family hiking package, which is courtesy of our friends up at the Indianapolis REI location. So um, some really cool stuff in there, some different size packs and, and multiple sets of trekking poles and water bottles and just some, some good stuff that you can get just from entering our drawing um, and get outdoors with your, with your family. Well, you are a nonprofit, and I would be remiss if I didn't give you a commercial. If people feel so inclined, uh, I'm sure you would take donations, and it's obviously tax deductible. How do they do it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the easiest way just to uh, visit our website, which is indiananrf.org. And, you know, right there at the top, you'll find a, a donate button and simple process to donate online and um, you know, one-time gifts or recurring gifts and, and things like that. And you can also mail a check, of course, and find, you know, our website information or our address information right there on our, our website. And, you know, while you're there, check out our different different pages and read some more about us. And, you know, the impact, ta- impact tab is a great one to read some stories and see what's going on and stay up to date with all the news from the Natural Resources Foundation. Ethan, always great to visit with you. Thanks for your contribution today and always appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brian. My pleasure. Great organization, great group of people. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't even think about going anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. told you the three initials organizations loved every single one of them i your host brian pointer were brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org it just kind of worked out that way and uh, natural resources foundation you just heard from ethan foster so many good things the benchmark we're approaching the million tree 
trees planted in the state of Indiana. That benchmark wasn't supposed to be hit until 2025, but great partners, you heard him talk about, Cliff Barr and others have made that just almost almost are on the edge of hitting that millionth tree plus the Indiana State Fair. Cannot believe that's two weeks away. Of course, it lasts about two months now, but it starts here at the end of the month, which is always a great time in the state of Indiana. The Indiana Wildlife Federation Board Chair Rick Cockrum talks about all of the uh, initiatives that they've got on their plate, both national and here locally. What a great organization. Again, I've talked about this. Be a member of something. There's a good one right there. Or the Sportsman's Alliance, which is over in Ohio. Evan Husenfeld, executive director. I follow them. I'm a member. I give them money. I only support organizations that are doing great work. And that is one in particular that is so important. And you heard an example about issues in California and other places. Those wackadoos seem to always find a way to screw up a one-car parade. But the consequences of some of that stuff is going to happen here in the state of Indiana. You've already heard him talk about how this crazy initiative with would basically eliminate all hunter education has already shown up in Illinois, a little different version, but we need to pay attention. We need to be a part of the conversation and great. You can do that by being a part of some of these organizations. Sportsman's Alliance is certainly one of the good ones. We have the state fair coming up. We're going to be talking and previewing all that good stuff. It is the Indiana outdoor show. I am your host. Remember folks, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP. I-D-N-R. Be safe. And I'll see you outside somewhere, hopefully, in the great Indiana outdoors. Be safe. Talk to you next week.